Hello and welcome to the Encouraging Angels podcast with Stan Szymanski. I'm your host, Stan Szymanski. Today is Wednesday, September 6, 2023, and I have an excellent show for you today. Neither Encouraging Angels nor Stan Szymanski nor anyone affiliated with Encouraging Angels is offering any type of advice on this program. We do not offer legal advice. We do not offer medical advice. We do not offer financial advice. We do not offer personal advice of any kind. Please consult a professional in the area of your need or interest. We're going to do a... uh, A Bible message today. Uh, I saw an excellent art article. It was first on Skywatch, but they linked to um, to the ChristianPost.com um, and an op-ed there by Mark Creech, which I find to be quite excellent. And I'm only using the first part of this. Um, you can read. I have the article up on EncouragingAngels.org at the EA blog. Revelation 14, the sickle of judgment and the grapes of wrath. Um, the grapes of wrath talks about the, the harvest. And, you know, in the harvest, the, uh, the fruit is harvested and the chaff is blown away. And the first part of this that I really want to emphasize is the judgment part. Because really, you know, people, and I would say including the church, I mean, they don't really feel like judgment is a part of God. (laughs) Um, And this is a big part uh, of the book of Revelation because God is going to to judge you know this earth he will judge the earth okay from the christian post article christianpost.com under the voices section an op-ed by mark creech uh dated july 31 now this got posted to sky news today um And that's how I found it. So we're going to use this today because it's quite powerful. In the book, Meet Yourself in the Psalms, author Warren Wearsby talks about a town in America's era of early development where a horse bolted and ran away with a wagon that had a little boy in it. A young man who saw the child in danger risked his life to catch the horse and stop the wagon. The child whom he rescued grew up to become a lawless man. And one day he stood before the bar of justice to be sentenced for a serious crime. The outlaw recognized the judge as the same man who many years prior had saved his life in the wagon. So he pled for mercy from the judge based on that experience. But the words from the bench silenced his plea. Young man, then I was your savior, but today I am your judge, 
and I must sentence you to be hanged. Revelation chapter 14 warns that one day Jesus will return to say to those who have been rebellious sinners, spiritual outlaws, during a long, long period of grace, I was the Savior and I would have forgiven you. I beckoned you to receive my pardon over and over again. But today I am your judge. Depart from me. You are cursed and sentenced to everlasting fire. Consider these solemn words of Scripture from Revelation 14. Then I saw a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was someone like the Son of Man. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, Swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. After that, another angel came from the temple in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. Then another angel, who had the power to destroy with fire, came from the altar. He shouted to the angel with the sharp sickle, Swing your sickle now to gather the clusters of grapes from the vines of the earth, for they are ripe for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and loaded the grapes into the great winepress of God's wrath. The grapes were trampled in the winepress outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. That's Revelation 14, verses 14 to 20. So I mentioned at the beginning, uh, you know, about the harvest. And actually, what I was alluding to was wheat. Uh, you know, when wheat is harvested, you know, you pick up the wheat and the then it gets uh, processed, if you will. Um, typically, the fan is used. In those days, it was a manual fan. Um, and today it's an electric fan, uh, that you, that basically the, the wheat gets kind of thrown up in the air and the, um, the fan blows the chaff away cause it's light and really doesn't have any weight and the wheat falls back down and all you have left is wheat. Um, in this example, you know, the, the sickle is swung and the angel gathers the clusters of grapes you know, from the vines of the earth, for they are ripe for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and loaded the grapes into the great winepress of God's wrath. The, and then the grapes were trampled in the winepress outside the city and blood flowed from the winepress in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. I mean, that is frightening. So I want to go back to the, uh, the story about the young man. He was a little boy, and he was in a runaway wagon 
that a stranger risked his life to stop and save him. That savior, uh, that that man who stopped the wagon was a savior. And yet this young boy, uh, you know, for whatever reason, grew into a lawless man. And one day he stood before the bar of justice to be sentenced for his crime. And, you know, this lawless man recognized the judge as the same man who saved him many years before. He saved his life in the wagon. So the outlaw pleads for mercy, but the the words from the bench, from the judge, said this, young man, then I was your savior, but today I am your judge, and I must sentence you to be hanged. You know, a lot of people have given their, quote, given their life to the Lord. Uh, in some, uh, you know, beliefs like Catholicism, you know, when you're 12 years old, you go through confirmation where you make a, a statement to Christ and you get a certificate and have a party. And, uh, supposedly you're, you know, you're a Christian at that point, you know, um, but you know, people go on and live lives of, you know, uh, let's say varying, uh, lawlessness, because they're not trying to, you know, they're not keeping the law. You know, the, what is the law? The law is basically the Ten Commandments and the commandments of Christ. Um, and no one can be saved trying to keep the law. That's why Jesus Christ had to come. The law is simply a mirror that's held up to show the sinner exactly what he is. Um, and that's the hard part about this story because, you know, um, ultimately because he did not, the lawless man did not respond to the grace that was given him. He didn't live a good life. He lived a bad life. And um, therefore, instead of being uh, covered with grace, like those of us who trust Jesus Christ and obey his commands, you have to face the law. And, you know, the reason Jesus Christ came is because no one can fulfill the law. No one can Live up to the law. No one can, because if you break one element of the law, you've broken all of it. And you are fit for judgment, you know, as opposed to grace and entry into heaven because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus had to come. Jesus lived the perfect life as a Hebrew, as an Israelite. It's very important that you recognize that because he fulfilled the law. He did it. He's the only one who did do it and could do it. And that's why it's so important to accept him as your savior. Just like he, you know, this lawless man recognized the man as as his savior previously, 
but he didn't live like it. You know, Jesus, uh, you know, said that if you love me, keep my commands. You know, obey my commands. That's how he knows that you're his friend. But this man didn't do that. This man didn't do that. And it doesn't mean that you're perfect. You know, no one's perfect. But you have to keep your accounts short with God. You can't live a life of um, of lawlessness. You have to always, always be recognizing that Jesus Christ is your Savior. And, you know, you will go to heaven because of his grace, his mercy, and his covering of his blood. Because without the remission of, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. That's what the scripture says. So Jesus Christ is coming back. And he is going to, and I would say it would it's probably like slightly before he comes back. <laughs> and and this is open to interpretation, but I've written about this. You know, uh, you know, I've written about believing that I since there are folks alive on the earth in Revelation 15 singing the songs of Moses, that that is, you know, a uh, a notation of deliverance because in Exodus 15, that's when the original song of Moses was sang after the delivery of the Israelites through the Red Sea. So I, I don't think it's a consequence or I don't think it's a, a coincidence, excuse me, that in Revelation 14, you see the angels swinging the sickles. Because in example after example, this is, and if what I'm saying is correct about Revelation 15, because Revelation 16, the wrath of God is poured out in the bowls. And we are not appointed to, you know, if you are a believer in Christ, a child of God, you are not appointed to God's wrath. And that means you're going to be out of here before Revelation 16, verse 1 which, you know, since there are some folks still on the earth and, you know, Revelation uh, chapter 15, verse 3, and a couple verses after that, uh, it's about that time that the rapture happens, in my humble opinion, for those believers in Christ. But in Revelation 14, the sickle is swung, and the bad people are taken out. At least there's a judgment right there. I shouldn't say they're, they're you know, but it's it's really nasty. I mean, my Lord, uh, <laughs> uh, blood that runs for 180 miles and as high as a, a horse's bridle. I mean, the, what what is that? You know, it's five foot high for 180 miles. Uh, that's impressive and frightening. Um, but, you know... Uh, God delivered Noah through the flood. The flood was a judgment. The bad people were taken out. The, 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 the righteous were left. Um, 
I was reading in, and I should have looked this up. Um, there's another example in the Gospel of John. I'm not going to stop to search for it while I'm talking here. Um, maybe I will stop. There's my dog. Yay. Um, let my dogs finish barking. And I was mistaken. It's not in the Gospel of John. It is um, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. It's the parable of the weeds. It's one more example where the wicked are, you know, taken out and the righteous are left. I'm going to read this quick. It's only five verses, the parable of the weeds. It's not something that I've ever heard anyone preach on. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat uh, and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Another frightening uh, imagery, if you, you know, exchange the word weeds for, you know, unrighteous people. God is going to take them out first just like he did in Revelation 14, just like he did with uh, literally the entire earth except for the seven people on Noah's Ark. The wicked will be exhumed first. First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then, gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So why is he burning the weeds? Because it's not wheat. It's not producing fruit like a Christian does. You know, Christians tell other people about Jesus. You know, and you go to Revelation 14. It's just like the example of the man who was saved in the runaway wagon when he was a boy. He, he had a savior that day. But he did not live like he knew a Savior. And in the end, he was judged. That same Savior was a judge. And that is how it will be. Jesus will judge. He is the Savior, and then he's the judge. So for everyone thinks that they can live a, a crappy life, and I mean by just sinning continually, you know, a, you can look at, if you don't know what sin is, you can look at the Ten Commandments. You can also read Romans 1, the whole chapter, and that will shock a lot of people in the world that we live in today of what is recognized, you know, as sin. You know, about men having unnatural desires for other men, about women having unnatural desires for other women. Unfortunately, it's not what I said. You know, it's right there in Romans 1. 
And I say this not because, uh, you know, I have disdain for you or dislike anybody who's listening who, who is of that uh, persuasion. Uh, it is because I'm trying to share God's word with you so that you might be saved, so that you would not perish, you know, in the wine press of God. That is a, <laughs> the ultimate of the horrible place to be or be a weed that's bundled to be burned. You can't live your whole life not knowing, you know, knowing who the Savior is and not being obedient to Him. Because we are obedient to the law. A Christian is obedient to the law, not because he's going to be saved by keeping the law. No one can be saved by trying to be good enough. No one is good enough. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we live to obey God, and we show our love for him by obeying his commands. He knows we're going to fall short, but we have to live, you know, a, an excellent life. And excellence means that we're always trying to obey Jesus, always trying trying to obey Christ. And when we fall short, we keep our accounts short with God and repent and ask for the forgiveness of God. This man who was saved in the wagon lived a crappy life, and then at the end when he knew that the noose was waiting for him, Only then did he ask for forgiveness, and it was too late. This is my purpose for sharing this story with you today, is to not live a shitty life. Excuse my French. But you can't do that without Jesus Christ. You absolutely must come to the Savior now. You absolutely must recognize him as Savior. You must repent of your sins and tell God that you're sorry and ask him to forgive you so that he is your savior and put him first, making him your Lord. And then no matter what else comes in this life, whatever comes from the wrath of the devil, which will be the tribulation, the tribulations. You will, if you perish, you perish with the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ who paid for your sins because of his death. Because again, only his death, only his blood provides salvation. Look at the blood of all those people in the wine press of God in Revelation 14. It's not worth a nickel's worth a warm pea, as Charlie Daniels used to say. Man, the sickle of judgment. The sickle of judgment, the grapes of wrath. Come to Jesus Christ now. In your own way, pray to him 
ask him for, tell him you are sorry for your sins and you ask for forgiveness of your sins and ask him to be your Lord and your Savior and then live the way that he has told you how to live. You know, a model prayer is the Our Father. Don't just pray the Our Father, you know, afterwards, but use as a use that as a model. Use the the Ten Commandments, you know, um, as guidelines, right? As, you know, as you quote your Bible, um, and the commands of Jesus Christ. How do you know you have to know God? You know. He's not going to let you in the door just like, you know, again, I, I, I said this, I think, earlier in the week, is that I went and had dinner with an old uh, friend from high school um, that my wife hadn't even met. We've been married for, you know, 32 years almost, um, 33 years almost, excuse me. No, it's 32. Um, but if I had not known him, he wouldn't have opened the door to me. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, he's not going to open the door for you. It's that simple. How do you get to know Jesus Christ? You know him through the word of God, the Bible. John 1.1, the gospel of John 1.1, you know, chapter 1, verse 1. Not the books of John later on in the New Testament, the gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if the Word was God, you get to know God by reading His Word. That is a necessity. Now, if you don't have a Bible and you're listening online, you can go to BibleGateway.com and read there. You can have your computer read it to you. You know, if you're vision impaired, uh, you can download you version y-o-u version um of the bible onto your phone or your ipad or tablet and uh you know and do that every day some people pray in the morning some people pray you know during the day hopefully everybody does that too but i have a big time of prayer at night that's what i do that's the last thing i put into my mind before i go to sleep you know, I pray and then I read my Bible and then go to sleep. Um, but I'm just admonishing today for those who are listening to this, for those who listen to this, and please share this. My God, we have no idea, you know, what this time on earth is bringing because we are looking at nuclear war. Every day the West pushes, you know, Russia um, to respond, and Russia cannot win a uh, uh, a traditional ground war with the West, but they have superior missile delivery technology for their nuclear weapons arsenal, and they just said today, go to stevequail.com and find this, uh, basically that um, uh, th- they're not going to target Ukraine, they're going to target America. So, you know, the Americans just think that, you know, this American exceptionalism, the only exceptionalism that America had is when it it honored and glorified God, the true God of the Bible. You need Jesus Christ right now. So please, those of you who are believers, uh, 
please share this with someone who you think might need it. You know, please click on the, um, you know, the share button on however you're listening to this. And also, um, oh, I can't remember because I can't get off of my uh, <laughs> my app because I'm recording into Podbean. Uh, but there's a way for you to, um, you know, uh, right there, um, be notified every time a show is is um, uploaded. So I do three, four podcasts a week. Hopefully, I'm trying to do four, only three this week because we had Labor Day. And, um, you know, again... This world is going to get you, and you think you're playing a game in this world trying to uh, you know, win by having a whole lot of toys uh, or what have you. Um, in the end, it's Jesus Christ who has all the say-so, all of it, and every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the scripture. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much power you have. It doesn't matter how strong you are. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, I'm going to pray, Lord Jesus, someone needed to hear this today. Someone who has lived a life, who was saved and backslid, and has lived so much of their life away from you, um, living a riotous life. Lord, I pray for this person to come to you now and not wait until the judgment, until the wine press is in view, for them to come to you now and, and confess their sins and repent of their sins and to ask you to be Lord and Savior. God Almighty, I pray this, that you would use this to save people today. In your name, Jesus, I pray and thank you. Please consider supporting Encouraging Angels. Um, We are fighting a battle to bring all this information to you and to keep doing it. Please consider supporting Encouraging Angels by a gift You can give online using your card at www.encouragingangels.org. You can go to the donate page and you can give online with your card uh, by clicking on the cornerstone link. Or uh, you can send something to our P.O. box. I would be remiss if I didn't tell you, if you haven't checked it out, please check out Jack Lawson's book, civildefensemanual.com. It was Civil Defense Manual, but go to civildefensemanual.com for you to have a reference, a large reference, 950 pages, two volumes. It's $100, but with expert uh, input from not only Jack Lawson, who served, but also from NC Scout uh, on communications, Matt Bracken on night fighting, um, Sam Culper on intelligence gathering and all of the information on food water and the other preparations that you need america has no civil defense plan for its people you need one civildefensemanual.com this is the encouraging angels podcast i'm stan samansky and i look forward to seeing you right here next time